All right, morning of day four, heading from Pamplona to Puerto Lorena, is that right? Yep, that's right. Um, as we step outside, we're seeing a lot of revelers who've been out all night. It's currently 7.30 a.m., <laughs> so I feel bad that we're the early starters and they're the late, late, late enjoyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slept really well, though. Obviously, have a quite soundproof apartment. Mm. A lot of the uh, celebrations came through later in the evening, so no. that was good. No, we had some fireworks last night, which was nice, but other than that, it was, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, hopefully an easy-ish day today and a detour to see a cool church. Uh, you say easy-ish, we're climbing a mountain, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, it was rated two, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, alright. Hi everyone, and welcome to Is This The Way? A podcast where we walk the Camino de Santiago. I'm Francesca. And I'm Gavin. And it's day four, and as you've heard, we left Pamplona, and we made our way to Puente Lorena, which was how many kilometres away? Uh, A lot further than the guidebook said, which was probably our own fault for taking a detour, which the guidebook also recommended, and underestimated. Yeah, so I guess to set the scene for today, you climb the wind-whipped Alto de Perdon, detour to the mysterious church of Unate, ponder the mystery of Obanos, and marvel at the famous bridge of Puente Lorena. And I guess we'll go through each of those things, because to be fair, we experienced something to do with every bit of this journey today. Quite a lot happened. It was quite an eventful day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm personally still pondering the mystery of Obanos, because I can't even remember what that is, but it sounds like something awesome. So the guidebook says it's 23.8 kilometers. That wasn't quite right. I think it was a little bit off anyway, but particularly because we took a detour that it recommended to the church. So we ended up at 27.3 kilometers today, which was quite a bit more because it was a very hot, very dry day. Very unshaded day. Yeah, the detour, I think it says it's only a couple of kilometers, but maybe it means in each direction because we were walking for ages down these paths between fields with no one else around and there's no markers anymore because you've gone off the Camino Trail. Just wondering, like, where the hell is this church? We can't see anything. As you say, there were almost no markers either, so we're getting a bit worried that maybe, who knows, like, where we were going, basically. And, <laughs> and I ran out of water. And no, and no people anywhere either. Yeah. Because you normally come across the odd pilgrim. True, it was just us, actually, yeah. So, it's, uh, if you take the detour, it's a little bit longer than expected, and I think even if you just went direct, it's still a little bit longer than what the guidebook says these days. Uh, difficulty, the book says a two out of three. I think we probably rated about a six out of ten. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, basically, you walk up and down a hill... So quite a steep hill. So that's one thing that you need to do today. And then if you take this detour, you are taking quite a significant unshaded walk, Mm. which adds quite a bit of distance. And I just remember feeling very hot today. (laughs) So I think rather than the distance necessarily, Mm. I think it was more the conditions in which we were walking. (laughs) Yeah, it was also the longest day that we've done so far. Mm. 27.3. Everything's been like kind of, I think the first day was like 25 and that was all uphill, so that was pretty hardcore. Yeah. But this one just felt really dry and really long. We were shattered by the time we went into town, and I hobbled on to the shops to get some snacks and things. Yeah, and so, I refused to do that. Yeah. And sat in the shade instead. Yeah, so, yeah. But, so by the end of the day, we were pretty tired. Well, I guess we'll talk about some of the interesting things that happened the d- during the day. Yeah, I guess in the morning we had our first stop at Cesar Menor, which is actually the first little town just after Pamplona. And one of the things we mentioned last week was... If you happen to hit Pamplona at a busy time, accommodation is super expensive. But it's about another five kilometers on to get to Cesar Menor. 
I think there was an albergue there as well uh, yeah. as an option. And then you have a little bit less distance in the next day as well, since the day into Pamplona was quite short. True. I mean, we stopped there for essentially reapplying blister plasters, because I think this is around the time when we're starting to get one or two cropping up. <laughs> yeah, I think all the early optimism of, look, no blisters. No, that's gone now. <laughs> yeah, no, that was going. Now it's like, look, I've got a blister on my blister on my blister. No, we're not there yet. <laughs> that's still to come. <laughs> but yeah, so we, as you say, we stopped. There's a nice little coffee shop just on the road at Caesar Menor, where we stopped for coffee and blister plaster application. Yep. And we met, I think if you recall, we mentioned we saw one Korean lady with her nephew and then another Korean family. At this point, the two Korean families had amalgamated together into one sort of group, which was quite nice. So I got to say yeah. hi to them and let them know we were from Singapore and kind of, you know, had links to Asia and everything. So we sort of had this friendship. Yeah, um, we saw them. them the whole way along. Right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty much until the end. I think we even saw them in Santiago at the end, maybe on our second day there. Yeah. Yeah, so luckily we had this sort of Korean contingent with us, which was very nice. Hmm. From there, you kind of go out through the fields a little bit, and then you start climbing up the hill of what's called the Pamplona Basin. And when you start going up the hill, you really realize why it's called that, because it looks like a giant bowl behind you, in, mm. surrounded by mountains. Mm. So when you're going up, all you can see is giant wind turbines all the way across the ridgeline. Yeah, and then you climb up the Alto de Perdon, um, which, as you say, is the sort of lip of this Pamplona Basin. And yeah, we basically walked in and amongst all the wind turbines up there. So we have some friends that are involved in wind turbine technology and everything. So it was quite nice to see them up close because we haven't done that before. Mm, yeah, it was very cool. And the other thing up the top there that you may know if you watch the movie The Way or looked at any kind of Camino website, you'll see this kind of like silhouette statues of pilgrims walking. That's actually on top of this hill. And you can see they're like big metal cutouts. Yeah, they're, they're leaning into the wind. And then there's quite an iconic inscription there, which is where the way of the wind meets the way of the stars. I think that's pretty true. We had lunch up there, sat underneath, right underneath one of the wind turbines and had our lunch and then started climbing down the other side. Hmm. And walking down the other side, you're thinking like, can't be too far now. But that was totally wrong. And then you take the detour. <laughs> So yeah, so then when you come down from Alto de Perdon, you eventually hit a town called Uterga. And yeah. this is where we basically stopped for a drink and to kind of top, you know, we were feeling quite tired, I think, at that point already. Yeah, there was an albergue there and had like a nice little courtyard to sit in. Yeah. A bit of shade and something cold to drink. Yeah, so we were sitting in the courtyard, but the sun was baking all around us. And you had this great idea to basically take your socks off and put them out in the sun. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that because the heat, you know, we will leverage the weather, <laughs> we will leverage the heat wave, and essentially our socks dried almost instantly. So by the time that we went on our way again, our socks were dry. And I think we either started doing that, drying our socks halfway through the day, or changing our socks halfway through the day. And it, it was one of the better things that we did, I think, along the way. Yeah, I think because you do sweat a lot, particularly in the heat, and your socks do get wet, wet even having like the right kind of hiking socks we had merino wool socks which are not meant to chafe um, and, and all of these kind of things and they're a lot better than when we walked before with just cotton socks but you know you're still you, <laughs> you still sweat a lot and your feet still move around and we still got blisters but yeah we started changing socks halfway through the day partway through the day and having like fresh dry socks makes a huge difference just yeah. like makes you feel a little bit refreshed as well yeah no it does give you a sort of a bit of extra energy at that point when you're yeah. feeling a bit tired when you're walking in like heat getting towards like and beyond 40 degrees in this heat wave as well if you stop for 15 minutes for a drink and just lay them out on some concrete somewhere they'll be completely dry and warm by the time you leave yeah yep so that's one of our tips 
from the Camino. Then we take the detour and head off to this church. And one of the reasons why it's quite interesting is because no one really knows what it is, but it's an octagonal church, which the expectation of an octagonal church is it's linked to the Templars in some way. Is it? I just thought yeah. the expectation was it would have eight sides. No, apparently Templars have an well, affinity I, I, I for octa- octagonal churches. So basically, linked to the Templars in some way, potentially, but the mystery continues to exist. We, they don't know. But it was really nice. I mean, after making this long detour, what felt like a very long detour, it was really peaceful inside. It was quiet. It was shady. Yeah, it had a nice little like green garden as well. Yeah, um, so, I, so I, would, it I'd say it's well worth, well worth the detour. And no one really knew about it, so I think it was yeah. good that we were there. Literally no one else we talked to knew it was there, had been there, realized they'd missed it. <laughs> hmm. So hence came the guidebook. This village-to-village guidebook is great for these kind of little things where there's something just a little bit off the path or where there's an alternate route to take. Everyone was borrowing our guidebook later in the route. Yeah, I think that's one of our key tips for the Camino. Make sure you take a guidebook and probably take our one, Village to Village Press. And now, the mystery of Obanos. Yeah, so after the detour, we came back to back onto the actual track again, and we arrived in Obanos. And the mystery is to do with some sort of pilgrim legend, where essentially two wealthy people were walking the Camino. One decided to basically become a, a hermit, a lady, and stay in Obanos. The guy killed her and then mourned her. And supposedly, this guy's silver-covered skull is kept in the church there. So if you recall, we went into the church to find the silver-covered skull. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to speak in very, very broken Spanish and asked the guy where the silver skull was. Yeah, so there was a guy in the church essentially doing like a census, which we filled in. And we were trying to ask him about this skull. But I don't know what the word for skull or silver is <laughs> in <laughs> Spanish. And he pointed to a, an empty display case. And I think we sort of got the gist that it was a way for cleaning at the time. Yeah. Someone's got to polish that silver skull. Exactly. I find it funny, like, if she got to there and then decided, like, hey, that's it, I'm done with the Camino now, I'm just going to stay here and be a hermit, she didn't get very far. <laughs> this is, like, day four. <laughs> True. I actually think I've... Oh, it was on the return journey. Oh, the return journey. Yeah. Anyway, an unusual mystery. The mystery is now solved. Mm. Interestingly, though, you do come across, like, um, albergues and bars and cafes and things that are run by expats who've walked the Camino. And have literally just decided to go back and move somewhere and stay there along the route. Mm. So it does happen, I guess. From Obanos, we basically straggled the rest of the way down to Punta Lorena. Mm. And the last little bit, we just come through like a few farms and there's a little bit of greenery and stuff. And then we saw um, up ahead, there was like a gate and you could see there was a courtyard all underneath the trees. And it looked like it had a bar. And I thought like, oh, that's awesome. Let's go find out where we're staying and just come back and sit here in the shade underneath these trees. And that's where we were staying. So that worked out really nice. Yep. No, it was perfect. And while one of the highlights of Puente Lorena was a Romanesque bridge, I don't think you saw it. Oh, I know I saw it the next it. day. We walked over oh, yeah, we it saw the, it the next, next day. day. But yeah. basically we didn't, I mean, I went into town to get some snacks and things, but you like hold yourself up in the bar and we're very happy there. So the place we stayed was called Padres Ripadores. And as you say, it was one of our favorite stops on the Camino. And we had a really nice pilgrim's dinner there as well. So yeah, one of our highlights, I think. Well, there's one other thing, right? We met a couple of friends there that we uh, then saw across the whole rest of the walk. 
I was sitting down in that little courtyard area having a beer and heard Australian accents behind me and people talking about the Pig and Whistle bar in Queen Street Mall in Brisbane. I lived in Brisbane briefly, so I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I just turned around to say hello. I'm not, not usually the most social person, but I figured if we got two people from Brisbane talking about somewhere I know right behind me, I should at least say hello. Um, yeah, so we said hello to them and ended up having a few drinks together down there in the evening. And we saw them the whole way along the Camino. Like a lot of stops, we had lunch or we had dinners together or had drinks and things in the evenings. It was really, really pleasant to have some friends along the way. Yeah, no, it was really good. Well, let's see how we got on. All right, day four afternoon in Puente Lorena. We're sitting in a really unusual place because we're actually sitting in a tree house. Um, so we booked this hotel slash albergue and didn't realize when we walked in, the lady kept saying tree house. And we were like, uh, what? And then she's like, tree house. I was like, mm, don't know what you're talking about, sorry. And then she was like, you booked the tree house. So, oh, I see. I thought we were still going on some kind of crazy Spanish joke I didn't understand about something. Yeah, so we walked outside. I didn't understand treehouse, but yeah, <laughs> not but, why. <laughs> but literally, there is a house, like an apartment, built into a tree. So mm -hmm. we've, there's got like a little balcony, there's like a bedroom and a bathroom, literally perched in a, in a tree. tree. It's, it's literally a treehouse. I've never ever seen anything like it before. And it's amazing. It's amazing, but it actually sways, so it's almost like being on a boat. It's bit odd but incredible so we highly highly recommend this stop and even if you don't stay in the treehouse there's a really nice like courtyard lots of greenery with a bar for drinks when you get in the afternoon so it's nice and cool and shady and it's got everything from the dorm rooms up to hotel rooms or if you want to splash out a treehouse yeah and i mean it's not really splashing out it's like more than half the price of the overpriced Pamplona apartment we had I think if you, during Fiesta. Yeah, I think yesterday. if you book in advance a little bit it, for some of these things, it can make it a bit cheaper as well. I think this was all of 95 euros on our booking, Yeah, which is really not bad for what it is. <laughs> no, exactly. And I guess, I mean, we're coming from a, we're used to, <laughs> we're used to paying quite a bit for hotel rooms. Well, so. given that that's for a room though, and then dorm beds are 15 euros each, mm. a shared room with two other people is was some, like 30 something each, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, even at 30, there's two of us. So that would be 60 euros or Treehouse, 95 euros. I think we probably got a decent deal for booking it quite far in advance though, because we did all of our booking months ago before we left. True, which is why we can't remember that we literally booked a Treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the woman seemed pretty dismayed that we didn't even realize that we were staying in the best room of the place. The booking does say when we checked it though, Double room in tree. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> How did we forget that? I guess a lot has happened since then. But anyway, today was, I think, after the first day of the basically climbing the Pyrenees. I think it was been the hardest day. It's been almost 30 kilometers. 27 and a half. Heading out from Pamplona in the morning, we climbed another hill. <laughs> um, well, I think heading out from Pamplona in the morning, we had to navigate around all the people who were still out drinking from the festival the night before. Yeah, so there was a sea of sort of, by this point, it's all white clothes with red scarves and, and sashes. I think and people were a bit beer spilt. Beer and sangria. Yeah, no. <laughs> beer and sangria spilt all over them. And then they had the like pressure washes, like washing down the down streets. Like cleaning down all the streets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to like usher out the last few party stragglers. 
So that was interesting. While like a chaotic city like that, particularly during the festival, I think, with that much chaos with people everywhere and everything kind of crazy, uh, even without the actual bulls running on those days, the parades and things that were going on and crazy party atmosphere. It's great and it's really interesting to see it and to be there for a day of that. Yeah. And particularly the last day where everyone's going going mad. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, but I don't know the, I don't know how well it fits in with like the rest of the Camino as a spiritual or Maybe a quieter, more internally focused pursuit kind of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, we, we booked like an apartment, but anyone that was staying in an albergue had to walk out of town. Oh yeah, that's a, further, that's so. a really good point though as well, in that during the San Fermin Festival, the running of the bulls, everything is closed for pilgrims. Everything is focused around that event only. Yeah. Actually, we had to go hunting around to find somewhere just to get a stamp in our passports. Yeah, it was surprisingly challenging. But anyway, I mean, it, it was a day not for pilgrims, but I'm guessing the rest yeah. of the time it's very, very pilgrim and um, it's friendly. much more expensive. Probably one of the most expensive things we booked along this whole route for a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for something super average. And, but now we know why, though, yeah. why it was so much. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So we left uh, Pamplona behind and headed out, and you popped your first blister. Yep, five kilometers out in the morning. We stopped for coffee in Cesar Menor, the first town out of Pamplona and had to uh, readdress the blister situation, <laughs> burst a blister and add some more blister plasters to my feet and stick a plaster over my chafing on my uh, delicate, very inner, very upper thigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, from, which is still from the very first day. And I unfortunately, got rubbed really badly that first day the wrong way to the point that it's still kind of going down, gradually getting better. Yeah, we had to add some new plasters to um our fourth toe, <laughs> the piggy, what, this little piggy, went to market this piggy, had roast beef, uh, the piggy that had none. I think just because of the pressure of going up and down hills, we both seem to have it on the same toe. So anyway, a bit random. Luckily, uh, our boots are really good, so it's minimising a lot of it. But yeah, then once the blisters situation was all sorted, we like walked through this incredible scenery, these fields of sunflowers, and uh, you could see the wind turbines up on the hill. Actually, you could barely see them because... Uh, it smelled quite like hazy smoke. And smoky yeah, smelling, smoky yeah. today. So we think that maybe there's been some fires nearby or something. Because it has been um, really hot. Because it was 38 degrees Celsius. Very, very hot today. So yeah, there was this kind of smoky haze. I mean, haze is a sort of <laughs> a misleading word used yeah, in not Singapore. Really haze. Like, it's it's smoke. Like a, yeah, <laughs> it's basically there was smoke. smoke in the air. Yeah, which um, made it a bit hard to see into the distance. Yeah. So anyway, we we saw these wind turbines in the distance, and we actually climbed up to them. So you climb up to this peak and in, in the guidebook it did say like oh the climate gets more mediterranean on the other side i didn't really know what that meant but it basically means really dry really, really hot, hot. <laughs> very dusty which is i mean it's really nice it's like olive groves and all these wheat fields it's very very beautiful but it just it does get so much hotter and it's been definitely the hottest day so far for us it's definitely a lot less shade today but yeah then coming down the, the far side like the path is all loose stones for quite a long way down a, a decline the whole way down so it takes a lot more concentration and effort to try and go through there and you see actually we, we kept up a really good pace for the whole day except for the bit uh actually going up we're okay actually coming down we slowed down a lot just because you had to to kind of keep your balance and make sure you didn't slip or twist or break anything yeah, exactly. I mean, I would have fallen so many times if I didn't have my pole. So I think it's the most essential thing you can bring with you. It's incredible to see quite a lot of people don't have them, but I wouldn't be able to do it without them. I've been really tired. My bag felt like someone had put stones in it overnight. My like calves are really sore. 
so I'm definitely feeling waves of tiredness but really really enjoying it like feeling very very calm and happy at the moment I feel good today actually it's funny like it was hot and it was difficult and it was a long day but I think we're just opposites like you tend to like start with a lot of energy in the morning I tend to start slowly in the morning but after five or six coffees I'll have enough energy to go all afternoon <laughs> mm, yeah true yeah. I don't know if there was anything today that you thought about that you want to mention oh, nothing particular I thought about today very good at not thinking about things that's good well you're not going to have epiphanies and things every day to be honest like I think a lot of these things kind of crossed my mind as we were leaving Singapore before we got here. Thinking about like, you know, what do you want to do with your life and where do you want to go and how do you want to spend your time? So I think maybe these are some of the things that we would generally think of as you're walking on the Camino. And it's a lot of things I've kind of been thinking about for a long time before getting here. True. That actually led to getting here as opposed to what I'm necessarily taking away from this. And what I do get from this is this is really, really nice to just be out and walking and not be stuck in front of computers or in offices or you know, have the luxury of doing that and to be able to do it when you're younger and you're still fit and you're able to walk in ridiculous 38 degree heat and you're still able to get to where you need to go without it being a horrible experience. Yeah. I think that's, that's immensely valuable to be doing that. I think the one thing we talked about, I guess, was when we were talking about like tattoos. I was going to get a tattoo to kind of signify my time in Singapore and leaving Singapore because I was there for 20 years and it's a good part of your life. But then like maybe it would be worth getting something to kind of like commemorate the Camino as well and like the, you know, the kind of sense of peacefulness and inner calm and just the time to think to yourself as you walk and in, don't really have to think about anything else. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to do anything necessarily, but you know, it's not just a journey to Santiago at the end. Maybe it's a mentality to take into the rest of your life to keep on moving ahead and doing things and finding things that make you happy, basically, and trying to find things to do in life that, yeah, that make you happy. So a lot of us, I think, just do things that we're told to do or conditioned to do or we learn to do, like work and earn more money and get better jobs and more promotions and buy more things and consume more. And all that stuff's completely fine, but maybe you don't need that much of it. Maybe there's value in having more time for yourself, but less money. Maybe there's value in taking, having more time and less things. I don't know. It, everyone, you know, each to their own, obviously. But um, I think these are interesting things to, worth, to start thinking about. And these are the kind of things that the Camino makes you think about when all you have is a backpack with your clothes and a few bits and pieces in it. And, you know, you could live relatively happily just like that. It's certainly like a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have clean clothes in my backpack every day. But, you know, to some degree, a lot of the things that we get caught up with, I think, are often a bit superfluous in reality. So maybe that's my takeaway for today. Yeah, that's a pretty significant takeaway for someone who had no thoughts today. <laughs> You're obviously, like, ex externalizing a lot of your internalizing. It's really good. I think, yeah, these, I think I like this is it. like my level of no thoughts. You should wait until I have real thoughts and then it gets really exciting. Yeah, true. God, I'm very intrigued to see what comes next then. So yeah, then we'll head... Where are we going tomorrow? Uh, uh, Estella Est La Bella. Yeah, Estella La Bella. Estella the Beautiful. Yes, Beautiful Estella. Should be a, it's classified as a level one, so hopefully an easier day tomorrow. I just need to recover a little bit. As you can tell, I sound pretty tired, so hopefully I'll be all right tomorrow. <laughs> Um, yeah, it should be an easier day, and I think if we leave it our regular time, we'll have half the distance done before it even starts to get hot. Yeah, no, no, uh, for sure. We, we will have done, we'll be halfway there by 9am, which would actually be one of our earliest finishes ever. 
if we just walk at our normal pace and on you know some flatter ground. Yep. Well, let's see how it goes and um, find some nice like stops along the way as well. All right. Well, cool. I guess that's it for uh, day four. Day four. Cool. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed Is This The Way? and have taken away some inspiration and ideas about how you might approach the Camino. If you'd like to get in touch or find some more information about each episode, head over to our website, isthistheway.net. Buon Camino!